This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ma'am, for the 50th time, I cannot give you your son's password. For a little background, I work at IT at my college. Usually I work in the back so I don't have to deal with people, but once a week I get to grace the help desk. My school gives its student a lot of privacy and they can decide what the school can release to other people when they come for orientation. It ranges from we're an open book to we can't verify the student's existence. This student selected that we cannot verify his existence, which applies to everyone that is not an immediate family member. So be me, bored out of my skull, watching the minutes tick by for the last five minutes of my shift ready to get dinner. I get a call from whom shall be known as Apache, a very aggressive helicopter parent, hence the attack helicopter. Thank you for calling my school's IT help desk. How can I help you? Hello, my name is Apache and my son goes to the school but is having trouble logging in to our online panel for students. Can you give me his password? I'm sorry to hear you're having trouble. However, we do not keep students' passwords on record. If he's having issues, he can reset it online, call us, or come down to the building we're in to come get it fixed. Well, then can I get it reset then? He really needs to get in. I'm sorry, but it has to be him who asked to get it reset. I can't do it for anyone else. But I'm his mother. I can reset it for him. I'm sorry, but it has to be him who comes in and gets it reset. It can't be done by anyone else, even his immediate family. But I'm his mother. I've done everything for him. I understand that, but college policy states that only the student can request a password reset. I'm his mother, you incompetent piece of crap. Give me his password now. At this point, I know it's about to get fun. I look at my manager, who's totally awesome and loves stuff like this, and signal her to get on the line and listen. I understand your frustration, but I can't go against college policy. I would recommend that you call your son and tell him to call us to get his password reset. Now you listen to me, you little turd. If you don't reset her son and the person I know's password right now, I'm gonna get you fired. Her son was one of the guys who lived on my floor and I knew, but wasn't really friends with. Okay, let me talk to my manager and see what I can do. I go back to my manager, who is already smiling about this lady, and I tell her I know this guy, and if it's alright, I'll text him and let him know his mom's on the phone asking for his password, since it's about his account and she says go for it. Yo, buddy, your mom's on the phone cursing me out because I won't change your password. Did you need it reset? What? No, I know my password. Why is she calling you? She's saying you forgot your password and is going off the walls. I put her on hold and I'm sure she's steaming at this point. Wait. What's her name? Apache? Dude, that's not even my mom, it's my stepmom. If you remember from the very beginning, this student had selected the I don't exist to the outside world privacy package, so now we could have even more fun with the attack helicopter parent. I went back on the phone. Hello? Apache? Yes, what took you so long? Sorry, I was looking over some information and I don't see you on our files anywhere being related to the student. So what? I just want my son's password. I'm sorry, but we have parents of our students on record and you're not any of them. He's my stepson. That's a son. I'm sorry, but we can't release any information to at all to anyone that's not an immediate family member. He goes to the school and I'm his mother. Give me his password. I'm sorry, I cannot verify the student's enrollment at our school. What does that mean, you little turd? I'm gonna have you fired. At this point, my manager is giving me the cut the call signal, so I just told her, I'm sorry I couldn't be more helpful. Thank you for calling the school. Have a nice day. Don't you hang up on me, you little... Click. 
It was now 5.04, four minutes past the end of my shift, so I got up and left, and apparently she called back five minutes later and went ballistic on one of the other nerds who worked at the desk. Helicopter parents, I promise you're not doing your kid any favors by always doing everything for them, you know, especially if you're going behind their back to change the password. What were you gonna do when your son went to log in and now his password was different? It's gonna be okay. You got them to college. It's time for you to let them uh, do their own thing a little bit. They don't need you constantly hovering over them. I also love that she was just gonna hack her son's emails, bro. Like, that's definitely what was going on here. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. And today we're going to be taking a look at the subreddit Tales from Tech Support. It's one of my favorites, you know, just because it's entertaining, dude. But uh, you guys also tend to enjoy it, so I figured why not make another one. So uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. I need you to fix Google Bing immediately. Another tale from the out hours of the IT desk. Google Bing isn't working. Is the system down? It's very important I use the Bing. Yes, the caller actually said the Bing. I'm sorry, can you confirm which system you're referring to as I'm unfamiliar with that. Google Bing. Really? How can you not know this? Google Bing is not a system we support out of our hours nor in hours. This sounds like a mashup between two different search engines. What exactly is happening? I need Google Bing to do my job. This is unacceptable. I can't find Google Bing anywhere on my PC. How dare you remove it? I need you to fix Google Bing immediately. May I remote in to take a look? I spent about five minutes setting up a remote connection. Turns out the caller had a short shortcut on her desktop called Google Bing. This opened the Bing search homepage in Google Chrome. I shivered. She'd accidentally changed the name of the shortcut from Google Bing to something else and therefore couldn't find it. All right, it's been renamed now, so you're good to go. Next time, don't mess around with my computer. I know you guys changed this. I'm not stupid. I have a certificate of proficiency in computering. Okay, thanks for calling. Click, and yeah, the caller really did say computering. I died a little bit inside after taking this call. Come on, man. Obviously, you hacked into her computer just to delete the Google Bing shortcut so that way she couldn't do her work, all right? She caught on to you, dude, but you're caught. There's no way you can spin this on Reddit. Do people still use Bing? Like, I know some people did, right? but I always figured it wasn't by choice. I didn't realize that people chose to use Bing, especially in Google Chrome, where, like, you can just search anything in the top bar and it'll Google it automatically. Company policy is that we do not pay for overtime. Yeah, sure, okay, whatever. Sometimes as a consultant, you get to see how an office functions from an outside perspective. Since you're an independent contractor, the company treats you differently than an employee, and also, just due to the nature of contract work, your engagement is usually short-term. This makes you a temporary fixture, and sometimes you are just treated as a fly on the wall like you don't exist. And this can lead to some interesting observations, including seeing train wrecks in progress. This is one of those tales. Not so much about the nuts and bolts of tech support, but more about the people and some good old-fashioned just desserts. As a consultant, you're always going to be the IT guy, whether you like it or not. No matter how you market your services, every single company is going to assume you do anything with a computer. And when business is slow, it's not a bad thing if you just need work. About 10 years ago, I found myself in a situation. I got an inquiry through my website asking about assistance deploying some workstations and other mundane tasks. 
Usually I'd pass on this kind of work, but it was winter and the other client work was dry that month. A guy still has to pay the bills, so I followed up and within a day the scope of the work was signed. It was pretty easy stuff. The company had its own IT department, just needed some extra hands, so I was going to be one of three outside contractors deployed to some workstations, do some server admin work, and set up some other equipment for a new department. The money wasn't the best, but it was time I had free and it was all swing shift work, which meant no traffic and I got to sleep in, which was wasn't that bad. I reported as requested at about 3pm to talk about our contract. There was a senior engineer in charge of part of the IT department there and he said he didn't really have time to do anything more than a quick introduction as they were slammed with work. He showed us the ropes and left us to it, and between the three of us we break down our specialties and parse out the work. Everyone knows this is a cakewalk of a job and just wants to get it done as the pay was a flat rate. I take the server work and see my contact who is the system administrator, figuring he was probably gone for the day as it was mid-evening and I was just going to leave him a note asking him to call me, but to my surprise he was still at his desk. In fact, just about everyone in the IT department were milling around. I didn't think much of it at the time, just that it was one busy department and the guys must be pulling double shifts. He showed me the systems and I get to work. Around midnight we were wrapping up for the night and three of us break down what we have left with the senior engineer who's still on site. The plan was to wait until Friday to deploy the workstations and get everything in place, but the senior engineer says most of the team will be there all weekend anyhow, so it doesn't matter to him. I left thinking, man, that's a busy place. Those guys must be pulling down the overtime. I wonder what is going on that they have so much work, as I walked out the door that night. Soon enough, I would find out about the deal. So I headed to the work site a little early on Friday, figuring that if we all pulled a long night, we should be able to wrap it up and get the weekend back. Things were going great and we were ahead of schedule, so the senior engineer offered to take us out to a local diner while we waited for the office to close up so we could deploy workstations without tripping over people. At the dinner, the senior engineer started to explain, I want to thank you guys for all your hard work. We all are overworked, and when we got approval for this contract job, everyone was excited. Hey man, glad to be of service. Looks like you guys are crazy busy. Is everyone pulling doubles and doing weekends to handle your ticket load? Oh, we're understaffed, so we all have to pull extra hours. That sucks, but it must be great overtime. Overtime? Yeah, not really. We're all salaried. Some loophole or something. We just put in the time because we all need the job right now. The conversation trailed off from there, but it left me thinking. In this state, most IT workers are eligible for overtime as a matter of law. There's no loophole or something like that. Something's not right. Anyways, back at the work site, I'm in the network closet with the system administrator, hooking up some ports and finishing the server work. He's a friendly guy, so we start chatting. I was talking to your buddy, and it seems like you guys work in insane hours here. I was trying to fish for a little information. Oh yeah, it's been like this for a year. 60 hours is a light week these days. It's bullcrap. Yeah, the other guy said that you don't get overtime? That's what the boss tells us. Let me show you something. He pulls up an email exchange he had with the manager and it's dated about 10 months ago and makes the very point I thought the entire department should be getting overtime and how the law requires it. And his boss's response in bold in caps was it's company policy to not pay any overtime time for working more than 40 hours. It's a part with the job, deal with it, or find another place to work. Then the system administrator smirked and showed me his response. Sure, okay, whatever. His emphasis. And that was at the end of the exchange. Look, I'm not a lawyer, but you might want to call up the labor department, because I'm pretty sure it's illegal for you guys to not be getting overtime. Then, to my surprise, the system administrator pulls up another email from his personal account. 
Oh, it's blatantly illegal, and I asked a lawyer, and this was his response. He showed me a memo explaining the law and that most of likely a lawsuit would be successful, and this was dated nine months ago. I was a little confused at this point. So, you guys know you should be getting overtime, but not getting paid, and everyone's okay with it? Oh, we all make sure to log our hours and document the time. I was still a little bit confused, but you aren't getting actually paid overtime. No, but we will, and here's the kicker. According to the lawyer, the Labor Department will look back at the hours we put in for the last 12 months and award us retroactive overtime. So all of us just log our time and keep records, and then in about a month, we're going to file a claim altogether. The company's going to be on the hook for all the overtime, and they won't be allowed to fire any of us for reporting it either. And then, the coup de grace. We all figured when this whole thing started off, if we pressed the point back then, they would find out a way to screw us. So we all decided to stay quiet and put in the time they tell us to work, and we'll get our bonus check when it's all said and done, if this stuff is all backdated. And honestly, that was some stone-cold strategizing. How many hours do you think you guys have piled up? Honestly, it's hard to tell. Everyone keeps their own paper logs to keep it quiet. We also don't talk about it too much so nothing gets out. But last time we met outside of work, it was a boatload of time. I figure for myself, they'll owe me 13, 14 months of salary and overtime, and that's when it's all said and done. Adding up damages, penalties, interest, it'll probably be two years of pay. Holy crap. So if the guys don't talk about it and seem eager to work all these long hours, now you know why. We finished up the job that night, and I exchanged contact information with a few guys and said if they had any other contract work, think about giving me a call. And that was it until three months later. I'm at another job and an email comes in from the system administrator with the subject line, overtime claim. Hey IT guy, hope you're doing well. We all ended up filing a big overtime claim with the state and the company fired us for supposedly falsifying our timesheets. The lawyer's sorting it all out, but anyways, I wanted to know if I could give your name to an investigator who's looking for witnesses to verify some of the extra hours we work. I agreed to talk to the investigator and got a call a week later. He asked me some routine questions about times and dates and wanted me to email him some proof I did the job. Then he started going into the details of the case. We got this company for probably a million in overtime and damages between all the guys in the department, plus the firing is probably illegal, so that's going to be another few hundred thousand on top of it. The insurance company wants to settle once we wrap up the due diligence work. I think the guys are all going to make out rather nicely. I didn't hear anything for a while until another email came with the subject reply overtime claim. Just wanted to let you know we settled the whole thing. The company caved pretty quickly once it was clear we kept honest logs of the time and the local management violated parent company regulations for the site of making their site budget look better. I can't go into details, but we all got sizable checks, enough to pay off loans and go back to school. I'll have to find a new job after I get my grad degree. I don't think it'll be an issue. Appreciate you talking to the investigators. Thanks, IT guy. Basically, the company tried to tell its employees they were not overtime eligible despite being legally required to pay it and then worked them to the bone, and they came up with a scheme to bank ignorance. The plan worked out, and they were out several million dollars because of inept management. I don't even know what to say about this one, especially when you email the boss and say, listen, bro, you're giving us way too much overtime, you gotta pay us. And they say, it's company policy. I'm not sure if he's aware of the fact that company policy doesn't necessarily overrule the law. Was that what they told the judge? No, 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 you don't understand. We're legally required to pay overtime, but we didn't want to. You deleted all my files.
IT saw a ticket had come in and it was from a confused woman, and it said, You deleted all my files, I need them to do my job. IT called the woman to see what was going on because we don't delete personal files from people's computers unless there's good reason and we have permission. So while he was gone on the phone, he remotes into the computer and notices everything but the recycling bin is missing on the desktop. And he notices that there's files in the recycling bin, so he opened it and all the files were there. Here's all your old files, did you move them in here? Yes, I did. I moved them into the recycle bin so they will be clean for me to work on them. Excuse me? Yeah, I moved them to the recycle bin to make them new again so I can reuse the files. This is the trash bin. You would move the files here to delete them off the computer. It's not a trash can, it's a recycling bin. It says so underneath the icon. So for the next half hour, my buddy had to teach her how to use the recycling bin. To be fair, it is not a trash can. Obvious to everybody who uses technology, but if you're like some old person who doesn't really get it too much, I can understand how it might be a little bit confusing. Confusing. You don't put trash in the recycling bin. It's like grandma, we know, okay, but it also isn't refreshing your files and making it more fresh. Company-wide email plus 30,000 employees plus autoresponders equals chaos. I witnessed this astounding IT meltdown at around 2004 in a large academic organization. An employee decided to send a broad solicitation about her need for a local apartment, and she happened to discover and use allemployees.org.edu. It was a type of email address that included everyone. And by everyone, I mean every employee in a 30,000-employee academic institution. Everyone from the CEO on down received this lady's apartment inquiry. Of course, this kicked off the usual round of why am I getting this and take me off this list and OMG everyone stop replying messages. Each replied to all employees at org.edu, so 30,000 new messages. The email started to bog down as half a million messages apparated into mailboxes. IT fail number one was not necessarily making all employees at org.edu email address. That would be reasonable, but granting unrestricted access to it was what I didn't understand. You could have configured it on the mail server to check the sender and generate the not the CEO, not authorized reply. That wasn't the real problem. The incident might have simmered down after people stopped responding. However, in a 30,000 employee organization, lots of people go on vacation. And some of them, let's say 20, remember to set their email to an auto-respond about their absence. And the auto-responders responded to the same recipients, including all employees at org.edu. So every I don't care about your apartment message didn't generate 30,000 copies of itself. It also generated 30,000 times 20, or about 600,000 new messages. Even the avalanche of apparent apartment messages became drowned out by the volume of I'll be gone till November auto-replies. This also wasn't the real problem, which again might have died down by itself. The real problem was the mail servers were quite diligent, and the autoresponders didn't just send one I'm away message, they sent an I'm away message in response to every incoming message, including the I'm away messages of the other autoresponders. The autoresponse avalanche converted the entire mail system into an Agent Smith-like replication factory of away messages as autoresponders incessantly informed not every employee, but also each other about employee status. The email system melted down and everything went offline. A 30k wide enterprise suddenly had no email for 24 hours. But that's not the end of the story. The IT staff buried themselves with mucking out the mailbox from these millions of messages and deactivating autoresponders. They brought the email system back online and their first order of business was to send out an email explaining the cause of the problem and they addressed it to all employees at org.edu. But before they sent their email messages, they disabled most of the autoresponders 
but missed at least one. Oh, so they just had to do the entire thing all over again? At least it wasn't 600,000 this time. It was just, you know, 300,000. Honestly, bro, I don't understand how you don't double check that every autoresponder is off before you send another email. And also, definitely just turn off that email address. Just delete it. How to fix a laptop that won't boot in under a minute. Last year at the help desk, I got a call from a user complaining that the laptop we issued him would not read DVDs. He was one of the, I'm a very busy and important man and don't have time to follow your troubleshooting steps over the phone, just fix it kind of guys. So he said he'd get someone to drop it off at our office and pick up a loaner. We received the laptop a couple days later and there was a note attached saying it wasn't even booting into Windows anymore. And sure enough, he was right. It didn't even attempt to load Windows and instead we were greeted by the non-system disk or disk error message. It sounded and looked like the PC was trying to boot from the DVD drive instead of the hard drive. We opened up the disk tray and saw the culprit. There was a DVD in there alright, but it was upside down. And we flipped the disc over, and he was trying to watch Dumb and Dumber. Oh man, the fact that he's trying to watch Dumb and Dumber and also put it upside down, bruh, he's the dumbest, that's for sure. Listen, I'm too important, I don't have time to follow your troubleshooting over the phone. Well, maybe just flip the disc over, bro, you ever thought about that? Anyways guys, I think that's gonna do it for the video, hopefully you enjoyed. If you did, I'd appreciate you taking a second to press the like button, let me know in the comments section down below what you thought, and of course subscribe if you're new and turn on those notifications. If you really want to help me out, I do post the audio version of these on Spotify, so if you want to listen offline without gameplay, whatever floats your boat, link will be down below, along with a link to the playlist of all the Reddit videos. If you just want to listen and like not have to worry about clicking next, feel free to check that out. But uh, yeah, on that note, don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot. I'll see you guys next time. I'm out. Peace.